Hey y'all, this is a continuation of the Dirt Road Anthem series, and then I started a little mini-series, not on purpose, with the one on practicality, because I got cut off, and um, it's been challenging to find time to do this the last few days, but this is a huge priority for me, and so that means that tonight, you are getting me on the treadmill again. I know, I know, I know, you're missing the sound of the gravel, right? Um, <laughs> treadmill sounds instead, like so many people, right? Um, I visited my sister the weekend. And she wanted to go to the gym. And I was like, yeah, this is how we do it. And then she was like, let's go for a walk. And it's all pavement. And you know, what I, mean? I was like, this is how the city folk live, right? No, I've lived in cities and in small towns. And there are benefits, I feel like, to living in both places. And um, so, you know, getting out of my environment, trying new things, which that's a really good practical talent to apply, is um, try something new. Find something that you're passionate about. Doesn't sound that practical, but it really is because even if it's a small, small ways, like reading a book, like my abuser shamed me so hard because I liked romance novels. Do you know that I read the heck out of those things now? If I have extra time, which is rare, but if I do, I could read one in a day, hands down. I enjoy it that much. And I'm like, that's okay. That's something that I enjoy, right? And so I have this list of stuff that I enjoy. So when I do have free time, like I said, sometimes you don't just like magically have free time. But when I have time where I'm like, hey, I can work something out, I pick something from a list of things that I like, or I have a list going of things that I would like to do or try for the first time, which is actually the perfect segue into what I really want to talk about tonight for practicality. And that is being in an abusive relationship creates a mentality in you that you continually fail, okay? Like your abuser is constantly moving the goal so that even when you do your absolute best, even if you grow in a specific area that they complain or put you down about, you never actually get good enough. Does that make sense? And so you constantly have a sense of failure that saturates your entire being until you feel like failure is all you know, all you can taste, all that you can do. And it's depressing and it's so hard because then they use that when you do fail in their eyes to tell you like see look you're not capable of this that's why you need me okay and that can look a million different ways that conversation but I guarantee you it happens in almost every abusive relationship they're essentially trying to create a sense of inferiority and inadequacy in you to develop a need for you to have them and in that sense, they talk about them as though they're superior, as they're doing so much more, as though everything that they do is so much better than what you do. And I'm sure you've been in your relationship for any time at all, even though it's hard to admit to, you've seen that your abuser has a serious double standard. They will expect you to do things and they don't have to do them. They will tell you how well you need to do it and they don't ever reach that level of achievement. You know, I remember when my um, abuser, like we first got together, he didn't have a license for a while, right? And so I was the only one driving. And do you know he would nitpick and insult my driving constantly? I was so sick of it. I was so done. And so I kept thinking that because of all these times he would nitpick and nag my driving and tell me how bad I was and where I needed to improve that he would get behind the wheel when he got his license back and be driver extraordinaire okay he would be the best driver ever and he got behind the wheel and he was worse than I was when I first started off 
And I would try and be like, hey, remember when you told me that this is what you're supposed to do? And then he'd yell at me and tell me that I didn't know what he was, what I was talking about and that he was a better driver than me. I'm so serious right now. It happened so many times. And what sucked was that sometimes his criticism really wasn't an area where if I worked on it, I actually would be a better driver in that area or better at another area of life. But the unfortunate thing is that they never hold themselves to that standard, only you. And so you develop that sense of inferiority, of inadequacy, of failure. You feel like you fail at everything, even if you're successful, even if you're smart. All of these things seem to fade away in the presence of all of these awful, awful, verbally abusive things your abuser says to you. And we have a tendency then when we've been in an abusive relationship to try too hard. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like you have this season in an abusive relationship almost every time where you are going to do so freaking good. You are going to excel. And so you are going to put everything you are into finally being good enough at whatever it is that they say that you're not good enough at. Okay. All of us have done it. It's just, you might pick a different area than me, right? Like housework. (laughs) I can clean phenomenally well. My ability to keep my own home completely organized with three small children is almost impossible. Okay. I can keep it like clean, not nasty. Um, I can keep it semi organized so that everything does have a place. It just doesn't always make it all the way there. But I am not that chick with like white house on the better homes and gardens magazine and like no toys on the floor. That's not me. Okay. And so he would ride me and put me down about the housework. He would come home and say, what have you done all day? I can't believe you haven't picked anything up. Yell at me and then smile at my kids and hug them. And then pretty much look at me like, why aren't you doing anything? (laughs) Okay. So there were so many times I tried so, so, so hard to get the house good enough for him so that he would not come home and yell at me, but instead he would be happy to see me. And do you know that that never happened? That even if I fixed everything that he talked about, if the kids got toys out, he yelled at me. If something was out of place or he had stuff he didn't put away, then he would still yell at me about how disorganized it was, or he would switch to another topic. So you don't ever get that satisfying sensation of like, I've done it. I finally arrived. Okay. So what we do when we've survived in that type of abuse is we then get out of it. If you're out of it or you're still in it and you're still trying to please your abuser and you continually want to avoid that sense of failure because it feels awful. Even if you're not actually feeling my friend used to be like, Michaela, why do you care about whether or not the house is clean? And I looked her dead in the eyes. I was like, cause it's the only thing that he cares about. Okay. Looking back now, I can just see that that was one thing that gave him easy access every single day to yell at me because he would always be able to find something. Okay. So that's just the nature of abuse, (laughs) not my personal problem. And you're going to see areas like that where you thought you sucked at something and you're going to find out, no, 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 this was just an easy area for him to bully you in. Okay. But what we do then is in all of our relationships, in all of our volunteer opportunities, workplace things, and anything that we do, we try way too hard. Because we're not just like trying to succeed in those areas. We are trying to compensate and feel like anything except for perfection is not success. Okay. And you want to avoid that feeling of failure because failure with your abuser means that you get yelled at, criticized, slapped, whatever it is. Right. And if you aren't in a dangerous abusive situation where you're experiencing physical abuse, I consistently remind you, please call the domestic violence hotline, get in touch with a domestic violence advocate because they can help you to create an emergency need to leave plan 
if you ever feel like it's too dangerous and you need to give out, get out. And then it doesn't ever hurt to have a backup plan. Whoever was like, yeah, I regret having a thousand dollars backup plan in the bank. No one. Okay. So it doesn't hurt you to do it. You don't have to ever act on any of it unless you're ready. Okay. So what we do is then we try too hard. We try too hard to keep our relationships. We try too hard to keep our workspace going. Like everything in life, you end up trying too hard to compensate for the fact that you feel like you're never enough because he keeps you in that constant cycle. So you're tired, you're stressed, insecure. You feel like you're never enough, right? And I used to tell myself, if I was more dot, 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 fill in the blank, right? Then he would want to be with me. Then he'd want to spend time with me. Then he would think I was amazing. You know, I picture this like CEO chick with stilettos on and making like, $200,000 a year and getting him whatever he wanted and taking really good care of him. And, and instead he had me stay at home mom in this little two bedroom apartment. And I thought it was on me, but I'm finding out like, no, his expectations could never have been met by any woman. And that's the nature of abuse. Okay. It's, they want power and control. They want someone that they can put down and make feel inadequate. So they're dependent on them. So they can always have that control and that sense of entitlement over you. Okay. So it's not you. You're sitting there thinking, what if it's me? It's not. It's not. No matter how awful you can act, you never do a single thing to ever deserve to be abused. You understand what I'm saying? Like, abuse is never your fault. Okay? Never. His abusive actions towards you are never your fault. Why? I kind of instigated it. Never your fault. Well, I shouldn't have said that. Never your fault. He is looking for an excuse to abuse you. It is never your fault. And one of the most practical things you can do is to stop trying so ridiculously hard at things that don't really matter to you. <laughs> Everything else that I've told you doesn't matter if you're going to just exhaust yourself trying to be perfect in all these areas of life that you don't actually care about. Okay. Because if you exhaust yourself trying to be what you think he wants you to be, or if you leave him and you're exhausting yourself trying to be what you think that you needed to be so that he can look back. Like I hear the term revenge bot all the time, right? Like, oh, I'm a revenge body. Girl, you don't need it. You're beautiful just the way you are. Okay. Um, but if you have that sense of like, I have to prove it, I have to do enough. I have to succeed and prove it to him. It is going to be exhausting. And then you're going to wear yourself out. You probably won't actually succeed in that many things because you're stretched too far thin. So I challenge you to pick what you actually enjoy, what you're actually passionate about, what you actually need. People are always going to try to get you to sign up for stuff. Heck, my uh, son, I signed him up for soccer and they tried to text me and be like, hey, can you coach? <laughs> when no one wants me to be a soccer coach. Okay, no one. But I didn't even tell them that. I was like, hey, listen, I have three kids and my daughter is only two and no childcare. I felt like that would speak for itself. But do you know that for a moment, I was so tempted to try in my mind to think of how I could make coaching his team work. That does not come out of my personal desire to coach soccer. Okay, it doesn't. It was coming out of this part of me that spent years training itself to always try and prove that I could because he was consistently telling me that I couldn't or that I wasn't enough. And so I have learned, I have people ask me, hey, do you want to do this or do this? I'll think about it. Like if it's not going to pull me that far in my schedule, if it's something that I can work in with some other things, then heck yes. But if it's something that's going to completely mess up my schedule, it's going to take time away from other things that I need, I'm saying no. 
And when you don't have that sense of inadequacy pushing you and pushing you and pushing you and pushing you to do more and be more and do everything, it gets a heck of a lot easier to just be like, hey, I'm sorry, I can't, or hey, sorry, I'm not interested. There might be relationships that you have in your life that are not healthy, but you have this overwhelming need <laughs> to prove that you can make that relationship work and that you can be a good enough friend, family member, daughter, coworker, whatever it is, okay? Some people are never going to like you. Some people are only going to be with you as long as they can use you. Some people are not going to care how you feel in that relationship. They only care about how they feel. And if you are so determined to make that relationship work, you're going to exhaust yourself. You're not going to be getting positive anything in that relationship. And you won't have any of yourself left to give to a healthy relationship or friendship or family relationship or workplace employee. Okay, like if you can't shut this down and apply it to only the areas of your life that you really care about, that you really need, you will continue to carry all of these false beliefs that you learned in your abusive relationship into your new life. And I don't want that for you because I want you to be able to enjoy finally being free. Okay. I want you to soak it in. And there's this song by Thomas Rhett that's like called the day you stop looking back. Uh, And it was so good. I first heard it when I first got out here and he talked about uh, something about today sure beats the heck out of the past. Um, And he ain't no good, but he's good as gone. And pretty much like you can move forward and enjoy your life when you stop looking back. And so we think of that and keep that mentality of like, good, don't spend time on your abuser, but that's not it. Okay. You want to take time to heal, but don't spend time trying to succeed at everything, be everything to everyone and exhausting yourself. You've been through enough. If people aren't supportive of you in the season, you don't need them. You don't. It was so hard and it hurt like crazy to let go of people that weren't supportive of me when I when I left my abuser. And I hated to lose them. But I knew, I knew in my heart that if I kept people who were consistently unsupportive in my circle, that it would drain me. I had family members who let me know that they couldn't possibly agree with me divorcing. And so I just didn't talk to them very often. <laughs> And if the conversations are to take a turn that way, as quickly as I could, get off the phone, right? Um, I learned to say no to volunteer stuff or work. There was work stuff that people would recommend, and I would think about what I would have to do for childcare and for all this stuff. And I could have been over backwards trying to prove to someone that I could work a job, or I could look at that and say, you know what, that's really not going to work, not without me stressing myself out, doing too much. And so if it looks like failure, I don't care. If I temporarily feel like I was feeling at something, that's fine too. Because this is, this is the heart, is this. I love myself. I believe that God loves me. I believe that God has a good plan for my life. I am determined to live out said good plan for my life. I believe that I'm going to love and take care of my children, that I'm going to go back to school, earn my degree, and help other women who have suffered like me, because that is like literally the pain of my purpose, right? And I am going to overcome in phenomenal ways, but I don't have to be everything and I don't have to be good at everything. And I don't have to succeed at everything I try. Heck, it's like, you know, you get those chocolates. If I buy a box of chocolates and they're not identified, do you know what I do? I prepare myself before I bite into those chocolates. I tell myself, Michaela, you don't like this. You can throw it away. Oh, but they're expensive. Oh, this, guess what? Most things in life you try and you don't like it, but people are miserable because they tried it and they feel like they have to finish it and succeed at it. 
instead of recognizing that, hey, if I quit now, it's not failure. It's me acknowledging that that just wasn't a good fit for me. You have that freedom now. You have that choice to invest yourself in things that are going to give you rewards, in things that are going to fulfill your sense of purpose, in things that are going to benefit you and your kids, in things that are going to prosper you in life. You don't have to finish something just because you started it. And I hate that we live in a culture that pushes that you have to finish everything you start. You have to accomplish everything. No, that's why we have so many miserable people in the workforce. They tried their job. They knew that they didn't like it, but because the price tag looked right or this sense of accomplishment, they felt like they had to finish. (sighs) No one's happy with the situation. The people that work with them aren't going to be happy with someone that's not happy to be working there, but they won't quit because they feel like it'd be failing. And what else would I do? Well, guess what? You won't find out unless you try. So I'm asking to pull up your big girl riches and try some new things. Try them and love yourself enough to say, you know what? I didn't care for that. That's okay. I'm not going to do it again. Or if you're in the middle of it, just say, listen, this isn't working for me. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm really glad I had a chance to try this. But I can tell right now this isn't a good fit. And they get mad at you. So what? (laughs) So what? You don't want to live your life on the consistently fluctuating emotions of others. You really, really don't. This is your freedom, your chance at a new life, your chance to do everything that you dreamed of. It is perfectly okay to take a bite of that chocolate, hate it, spit it out, and throw away the box. It is. It's fine. Everything is fine. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to impress anyone but yourself. You don't have to consistently prove that you can because I believe that all of these years you could, you just had the un fortunate situation to be with someone who is determined to make you feel like you weren't ever enough. So the most practical thing I can tell you is this. Try, okay? Stick it out and put everything you have into it. If it is what you are passionate about, it is what you want for your life and you feel good about it. Like you are like in your heart, like, yes, this is good. Like not every day is good. Like when I do my homework, not every day is good. When I do my homework, three kids around, like, That's a whole nother level, okay? But I know it's what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel so passionate about it. I love so much of what I'm learning. It's worth it to push through the hard things. When I find something that isn't, they're like, hey, you want to coach soccer? I'm like, nah, nah. Now, did I think that maybe that's petty because I'm going to put my kids in soccer but not coach when they ask me to? Yeah, a little bit. But that's okay, because if I don't worry about what they think of me, then it doesn't affect me any more than driving my kid now to soccer practice for the person that's probably 80 times more suited to the job than I was, okay? So you don't have to do everything. Sometimes if you try, you're keeping someone else that's just, they don't speak up as soon, they don't volunteer as quickly, who would actually be really good at it from doing what they could be doing. And you don't want to live your life miserable. (laughs) When you're living in abuse, you're living your life miserable every day single day and you always have that underlying sense of anxiety and fear of how he's going to respond you never feel good enough and that's not on you that's on him but now that you're getting free you get to decide what do you want to be me at 30 going what do I want to be when I grow up okay it feels so nerdy but it's my real life so I had to do that and I had to try some things. I had to test some things out. I have tried so many different things and been like, nah, that's not for me. But I tell my kids, I'm like, if, if I have a certain type of food, you have to try everything once. If you hate it, you like absolutely hate it. I won't make you try it again. 
But you do have to try it once because you may be sublimely surprised to find out that you really like it. So I'm encouraging you to try new things. If you don't like it, quitting what you were trying is not always failure, okay? Sometimes it's just, I tried it and I didn't like it. The end. And that's enough. I want you to enjoy your life. I want you to experience so much happiness and joy and freedom. And I believe that you can. And I believe that on this journey together, we're going to help each other to do that. We're going to overcome. We're going to like literally try some crazy, amazing, new, fun things, okay? And I believe in you. You can do this. On this journey to practicality, you're going to be knocking it out of the park, all right? If there's some stuff and I've been talking about it, you're like, yeah, I need to quit this or this relationship really has been unhealthy, that's okay. Figure out how you want to approach it. But listen, the only person you ever have to live with is you. Make sure that you like you and the life that you're building so that you can fully, to the fullest extent, enjoy it. Until next time.